At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome into another edition of Hardwood Handicappers. Kelly Bidlin alongside uh, the verge of a new era. All right, we have a lot to get to. Uh, I was going to pose a social question to you. Maybe I'll save it for the end of the show. Um what does that have to do with like we, like we got tweeted a question? No, 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 no. Like social, as in like social, like uh, like amongst people, like human oh, beings. Oh, okay. you know, I don't know. I don't know what those like, are anymore. Yeah, no. I, I just work. <laughs> you know, I, but if you want to follow us on social, at, at me, JVT, on Twitter, at Kelly Bidlin. So uh, it, was, yeah, it was a question about human interaction, actually, because, you know, okay. this is an NBA show, but I like to, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I like to throw some lighthearted topics out there as well. It's a show still, nonetheless. You bring the best out of me, Kelly. You bring the best out of it. But right. we started. We'll, let's hit it at the end. We'll hit it at the end. All right, let's do it at the end. But we begin every show the same way with uh, news around the league. Hardwood headlines. So, first up, uh, Devin Booker could return Tuesday. Uh, the Suns have a game against the uh, Brooklyn Nets coming up in, um, what, about five days or so. So, big news because they're finally starting to get healthy, right? Chris Paul's been back. Kim Johnson's been back. Um, I don't know. So, I've been. Like I, we talked about, it, I think this last week, right? So I go through these flows where I'm trying to watch teams more, right, to get yeah. a sense of what they've been like. So like, I have found myself watching like the last week or so. I've been watching the Suns more because I want to see them a little bit more full strength and whatnot. And I got to tell you, man, this Suns team, DeAndre Ayton's very underwhelming when you watch him play this year. Oh, um, cool. He he had a he had I don't know if you watched it was about a week ago where they played the Mavericks and they lost. That was a game that they lost Luka Doncic in, and we were actually recording mm-hmm. during that game. They lost Luka Doncic with an ankle injury. Um, and then they end up losing the Suns that game. And at the end, there was a missed free throw that would have kept it, I think, a one-point game. And DeAndre Ayton just lackadaisically like reaches up for it and doesn't even try to get it. And it's rebounded by the Mavericks. They go on to win the game, free throws, all that you know nonsense and jazz. But I bring this up because the Suns are super interesting. And I think one of the things, and we're going to get into this when we talk about the trade deadline, the thing that has made this season so interesting, Kelly, is not so much the jammed-up Western Conference because of teams that are all on the same level with another. It's because the normal powers in these other teams have had long-term injuries to either multiple players, like the Suns or others, where you don't really know where to rate a lot of these squads. Pelicans yeah. in there as well. Like, they've been sliding since they lost Zion Williamson. And so the Suns are about to get Devin Booker back. They're the fourth choice to win the Pacific Division. I don't know if you saw the 538 projections, but 538 had the Suns, Kings, Warriors, and Clippers all projected with the same final record, like the exact same final record. <laughs> so, great. right, right. So this is interesting in terms of if something like that kind of plays out. These are all teams that are kind of rated similarly to one to one another. So I bring this up because I want to ask the question, much like I phrased the question to you when it came to the Pelicans last week. Do we buy in on Phoenix with the thought that Devin Booker is coming back here in the next couple of days? Because defensively, they have been great since Johnson yeah. and Paul have been back. They have been way better. Uh, we'll erase the Atlanta Hawks game last night. They've been way better defensively over this eight-game stretch that they've had everybody back. Do the Suns become a little bit more of the team in the regular season that we expected them to be? Yeah, fifth best net rating over those eight games. I'm looking yep. at that right now. Um, just on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think it's – here's what's tough because I think the – the Western conference is weaker than it's been in years past. Correct. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So in recent years, I'll say at least it's, it's weaker. So should the Suns have a chance with basically the same constructed team in a weaker conference than what they faced in years past? 
on yeah, on paper that seems to make sense, right? Like that that seems to make sense. I think the issue issue is you and I, I believe, are kind of in the same boat with this team. With what have I seen from this team when they have been at full strength in the past few years that really leads me to believe that they're going to win it win an NBA Finals, right? Um, yeah, I think they can get they can definitely get to a point where they are a contender in in, in the West and to win the West. I, I I do think that I think Devin Booker is that dynamic of a scorer, um, but. I, I just don't believe in them long term. I, I don't believe in them long term, and they're not—they're not one of the teams, one of the few handful of teams that I do think right now are capable of winning the West. I do. I and I know I'm going, kind of going back and forth here, but do I think my mind could change on that in a month, or six weeks? Yeah, it could. But as of right now, I'm treating the Suns team like I do every year. I I expect they're going to be—they're going to be there in the playoffs. They're probably going to win a round or maybe two. But I don't think they're really going to end up mattering in the end. Well, and and I, I would agree with the final slot. My thought was more of plus 450 or 5-1 to one to win a Pacific division, right? Like right. that's where, you, where you're looking at the, the, the Pacific overall, where it's all just jammed together because, like I mentioned, all these teams uh, have just been off to slow starts and whatnot. And there's there's some, you know, you know me, I will beat the drum for the Clippers and kind of moving along, which, by the way, they have been playing really well with Paul Jordan and Kawhi Leonard out there. But they're only three and a half games back from Sacramento, um, who whose defense is continuing to be just a really poor defense. So I, I think that's really at what you're looking at, right, is I wouldn't run to back the Suns from a finals perspective or a Western Conference perspective, but can you talk yourself into a Suns team coming back up from three and a half back to win the Pacific if Devin Booker is truly going to be back on Tuesday? Uh, man, that really is. That really is an interesting division race, right? I right, when like, you look at it. I, mean, it's, I don't so think for it's bettable. I don't believe enough in any of those four teams, to be to honest. presented for our audience really quickly, Sacramento Kings, as we're recording, this is on Thursday. Uh, they're in the lead. They have a two-game lead over the Clippers, who are in second at 29 and 25. The Warriors are in third in the Pacific, and uh, as are the Suns tied with them at three and a half games back. Warriors have the lead right now because they have a, a lead in the loss column, but... And then it's, correlating odds to win the division: Kings plus one eighty-five, Clippers plus two seventy, Warriors plus two seventy-five, Suns plus four fifty. So and, and that's what gets under, me. Completely understand why you're bringing this up, right? right. And why this is a topic we're discussing. That's what gets me. It's that gap, right? It's the yeah. gap in probability between the Warriors and the Suns. And I think sometimes the market, and I say this all the time when it comes to futures, right? It's one of the reasons why I have a, a, a 76ers 24 to 1 ticket to win the finals. When right now they're like 13, 12 to 1, whatever it is, the market completely overreacted to injuries. It wasn't poor play that the 76ers yeah. were experiencing. It was injuries. And there was plenty of room left now to kind of overcome those. Now, this is different, right? You're talking about overcoming a three and a half game lead with about, what are we talking about? 40-ish percent of the season only remaining, but still, like it's not an insurmountable gap and you have you have something that these other teams in front of you do not. You have your best player coming back. Right. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, squarely from the odds, the Kings should not be as short as they are and the Suns should not be as long as they are. For those yeah. division odds, like all, I mean, like like you said about the five thirty eight projections, right? Like you start thinking about it like that, and I think you kind of should think about it like that. I think all these all four of these teams are going to be right in that bunch down the stretch. So yep. yeah, I don't. From a betting standpoint, I think you have to be look. You've got to be a bigger fan of the Suns than I am to make that bet. But totally, it's live and it's a yeah. good number. That's totally a good number. So I haven't bet it, or it, I don't even know if I will bet it, but you know, I wanted to bring it up because it was an interesting angle, especially tied into the news that Devin Booker was going to come back on Tuesday. So we'll see, I but just, they, huh. you know, just to make the case real quick for the three other teams, it's like they all have their pros and cons, right? But like, I think we all expect the Kings to take a step back here at some point when they kind of haven't, right? It's like they yeah. are this, it's this all offense, you know, barely any defense team that just keeps going and keeps winning games. And I, again, we all expect them to take a step back at some point, but they really haven't that much. Okay, the Clippers, I think the Clippers, we, me and I know me and you think are the best out of these four teams, but we're talking, when we, when we talk about them, it's usually more in a playoff situation when we expect Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to be playing every single night, when we know that is the goal for this team. The goal for this team is not to win a regular season Pacific division, right? They don't care. Right? They don't care about that. Um, and the Warriors, same kind of thing, right? Like, they just got to maintain and make sure their guys are all there by the time the Warrior, uh, by the time the playoffs start. So, and, and the Suns, look, even with Devin Booker coming back, like, they're going to kind of take the same approach as well. 
So I don't like this. People keep asking me, are the Kings going to win this division? The Kings going to win this division? They absolutely could win this division because they don't have, they're not in the seat. They don't have the playoff experience, the load management to worry about that all these other three teams do. Yep. And for what it's worth too, the, uh, of these teams that we're discussing, the, um, the Kings do have the easiest schedule. It's still pretty tough. It's the 13th yeah. hardest schedule left in the league. Uh, the Clippers, they actually have the hardest schedule left. Their schedule is pretty tough going forward. It's funny you mentioned the, you know, we talked about it last week, right? That the Clippers are finally entering the stretch where they don't have any back-to-backs for like a month. But it's all against like the Bucks and the Nuggets right, and the Grizzlies exactly. of the world. So like it's <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I, I I'm sure you are, but I am fascinated by the game tonight against Milwaukee. Can I oh, wait to watch I that? Mean, this is I mean this is my I don't know if it was yours, but this was my finals prediction at the beginning of the season. I don't really know that I'm ready to change that. I yep. I, I I really think yeah. I, if you gun to my head right now, it's Clippers and Bucks still for me in the NBA finals. So yes, this is. Uh, this is so maybe so far the game of the year tonight for me. Assuming everybody plays, I can't wait to watch this game tonight. Yep, uh, mine was Clippers Sixers. So um, okay, there you I go. Hold, I have futures in both at good pri- at good prices, I would say. So, All so right, good good for you because I was talking about that with the Bucks today, where I'm like, I still think Bucks are going to be there, but I'm just like, I've been checking futures prices, and to me, there's no even when. Even when Middleton was out and they had, were going through a bit of a slide, they never yeah. got long enough to make it worth it. You know what I mean? Right. You're, be- you're better off waiting till the playoffs when you know everybody's healthy, when you know, you know, when you know really what you're gonna get from your team night in and night out. Yeah, no, this is it's always my goal every year. It's I never bet an NBA Finals future until the season begins because it's always the best time to do it. Always it, the best exactly. time. Exactly. Yep. Um. All right. This is we don't have to harp on this. There's no betting analysis. I just thought this was interesting. Uh, the um, the powers that be have moved the Lakers-Pelicans game up to ESPN2 on Saturday with the potential of LeBron James. He's got, what, 87 points? Is he 87 points away? Something 87 like that? or 89. I've only talked about this enough times the past couple of okay, days. I yeah. should know that off the top of my head. But Can I, think, I tell you, by the way? I think it was 89. I think it's 89. I know I'm the basketball guy. I have not really cared. Like, this has been, like, so okay. at the bottom of the list for me. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was the same way um, except for the past. What were the past two games? The Knicks and then what was the other one they you just know. had? I don't know. I've tuned in, though, the past couple times. And it, it, the other thing that cracks me up is, of course, the scoring title is 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 the chase. And oh, the, scoring the, uh, the Celtics. There's the Celtics game on right, the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. And then they so, got destroyed by the Clippers. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, yeah, the Celtics obviously, cause that crazy ending in that next game. So I don't know if before those games, I was as much into it, but I love that. Like all we keep talking about on like, you know, sports center or anything are these scoring records, but then, yeah. you know, watching the game the other night and he passes Steve Nash on the all time assist list. And it's like, well, can we just bring up then all these like amazing milestones LeBron is passing. So at JVT, I'm not going to say I've done a 180. But I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely pumping the brakes on my own life to be like, yo, watch this and like witness history and enjoy it for a moment. Cause like as much as we've ragged on this guy over the years for different things, you're still watching greatness personified in LeBron James for an entire career. And we're watching him about to set the all-time scoring record in the NBA. I it's it's damn impressive. And I I'll be honest, when I was watching those games the other night. I really got more invested into it than, than I had ever planned to or ever thought I was going to. Very well put. I want anything else. Very well put, Kelly. All right, we have a, a trade deadline coming up. So we have that's actually exactly one week from today. It's February 9th. So I wanted to hit on some of the big names and uh, get your thoughts. And, and really, so I've said this before on this podcast, um, and I think I hit it on it with you before, but it's very much worth reiterating. The time to act, although it's hard, is now, right because you always get, hey, now that the trades have happened, what do you like? Who are you playing? And it's like, well, yeah. no, everything, every adjustment's been made. Every number's been tweaked. There's no point in doing it. So now what I wanted to do was sift through some of the names. And can I just say, this could be a very quiet trade deadline. Like, with yes, like not a lot of not a lot of massive moves well, that really well, move the needle. I think it's another year. In, I mean, and, and, and I kind of, was, was there a lot of movement last year at this time? I think I don't so. Know I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. I don't know, like. I feel like this this year has the potential of being barely anything, and yep. I'm kind of leaning that way myself. Or it could be huge, right? Because you yep. know, there, there's so many teams, and and you know, one of the ones you have listed first, Fred VanVleet, and the Ra- I mean, the Raptors, right? The Raptors. I, I don't really think it's going to happen, but the Raptors, the Bulls, mm-hmm. 
and the Jazz could unload not just one piece, right? But they could load, unload several big pieces that could end up changing the entire landscape of the NBA. So the question is, does, does one of those teams end up doing it? Does all of them end up doing it? Do none of them end up doing it, right? Because the Raptors could easily say, we're not going to move any of these guys, and we're just going to try to, you know, we're going to run it back next year with most of them. Yeah. The, if the Raptors and the Bulls hit the big red button, then, like, right, then everything falls apart, and then you're right. It could be pretty chaotic. Because Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, I mean, Alex Caruso could be a potentially moved piece. Um, all, like all of those guys for Chicago. Then you're talking about the big pieces for Toronto. So let's, I, I did want to focus on player at a time. So the one that keeps being thrown out there, it seems like almost a certainty that he's going to be on the move. Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he is on an expiring deal. He does want to, by all accounts, hit free agency. You would think that the Raptors, he's in a, I wouldn't say he's in a decline. He's having one of his worst seasons in a long time, although he is on a little bit of a better run uh, recently. Since, by the way, I haven't watched every single Toronto game. I'm going to say, because I like these kind of observations, since Fred Van Vliet put on the shooter sleeve on his, I think it's left hand or left arm, he's been playing a lot better. I think it's a good look for him, <laughs> and I think that that is why he's been playing better basketball. Um, it's always a good look, right? It's always, it's always look. a good look. It's always the offhand too, right? It's always got to be the off arm. It can't be oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going it's, to put it on your both arms, that's that's acceptable. But if you put it on, it's got to be the off arm. Kind of like a like a batting glove almost. Yes, correct. Right. correct. Yeah, yeah. Or like in Madden. <laughs> you know, I will say Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback. His game day swag is awesome. The shooter sleeve on the left arm and then nothing on the right looks good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> regardless. You, you know, if you asked me how old Fred Van Vliet was, I would have guessed he was older than this. Oh, I would have guessed older, too. So let me guess how old he, he's like, what, 30? Oh, wait, hold on. Maybe I just passed by. Maybe I just read something wrong. Okay. I was say, <laughs> I is just, he like 30? I, I just saw 28. And I was like, there's no way he's that young. Yeah, no, 28. He's 28. Really? Okay. I think yes, for some he, reason is, I... he is younger than I thought. I would have said 32. I, wow. I, I not. Not 32, 30 as well. I would have said yeah. that as well. Interesting. So he's he seems to be on the move. It depends on where he's at. The teams that he has been um, uh, tied to, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavericks, and I think this will make you happy, the Magic. Hell yeah. Of those, let's just focus, let's right. look at it from this perspective. Of those four, which of those teams adding Fred Van Vliet moves the probability of them winning a championship up the most? Mavers. Okay. I mean, and, and I don't really think they have much of a probability to begin with. So, you know, it probably like doubles it. But no, I think, the, uh, well, I, I mean, the Mavericks need, I think, look, we've seen, and we've talked about this, you and I before, Jalen Brunson, I didn't think the move was going to affect them as much as it has. I think if you're, if you're the Mavericks and Cuban, you've got to be sitting there and, and realizing that right now. Um, and realizing that the only way you stand a chance in the Western Conference is to go at, out and at, at a player at least one of this kind of caliber, right? So I, I think that I think that team first. Um, and then look, you know, the Lakers obviously he would be a massive addition to too. But then what the heck you do? What are you? What's going on with that backcourt, right? If he's coming, someone's going, right? And mm -hmm. I know we've we've heard uh, Pat Beverly rumors and reports about him possibly leaving. Uh, you know, Russ. Russ, it feels like it hasn't been talked about in about two months now about them trading him. I don't know if I haven't seen any recent reports, it feels like. What do you mean? He's the sixth man of the year this year. Of course. Right, he exactly. He's the sixth man around. of the year. Um, you know, and the Clippers, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a luxury piece, right? But do do championship quality te teams need that kind of luxury piece? Hell yeah, they do. And they should be going after him. So I think so I think from an actual probability standpoint, and I think you could tell me if I'm looking at this through my rose colored or red, blue, and white colored glasses. I think it is the Clippers if they add him. I think they desperately need a piece like him. Like, he and Mike Conley were the two guards that were out there thrown about, like, as in, like, you yeah. know, the the team that, that was looking at them both. And I think it was Tim McMahon, who was on Brian Windhorst's podcast, um, who stated that it was more likely that they were going to get the Clippers, Fred Van Vliet, than it would be Mike Conley. Uh, because Mike Conley, I believe, has time left on his deal outside of this year. And that might've been the reason why. And, and Fred Van Vliet, of course, is an expiring contract, whatever uh, it is. That's the toughest part about having these conversations, by the way, is just realizing right. what the contract status is or if every single one of these people, because you're right. I mean, expiring contracts, they make this so much easier to do, right? Both, both for the team trading for the piece and the team trading away the piece. Yep. And, but I think the reason why, and, and, and I don't think, I think you're right in that 
if we're talking, okay, the Dallas Mavericks get Fred VanVleet, the Los Angeles Clippers get Fred VanVleet. The move on the futures market is probably more for the Mavericks than it is for the Clippers. But I think the fit is so good for the Clippers that it should be one that maximize, like that increases their probability. Because remember last week we were going over these numbers. They're starting Terrence Mann because they're desperate at point guard. Like they yeah. need something there. John Wall's been a nightmare. Reggie Jackson has not been the same. As we talked about, right, the offense was way better with Terrence Mann out there as opposed to Reggie Jackson. Jackson has not been as efficient, and he works so well in that role, right? Like, they need a point guard who can create and get to the basket, but they also need a point guard who fits off ball, who will move when he gets to the ball if it's thrown to him from a Kawhi Leonard type. He's played with Kawhi Leonard before, which is also a fit. Like, maybe I'm looking at this because I am, you know, I'm compromised, right? Well, no, no, I really no, do no, think I, this. I like I like it that you're the Clippers guy because I can ask you these questions, right? I, for, okay, same thing with the Lakers. It becomes a crowded backcourt situation, right? So who are you who are you getting rid of? Are you not carrying all these guys, right? Like you're either sending something back or you're doing another trade. Like, I would think that I think if I read correctly, I'll double check. I think Schroeder's being sent off to help offset some of that, right? Like either way. So if we're talking about so who starts there for the what are we talk about the Lakers? Schroeder's out there on the court. Uh, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. No, like, I mean, I was talking Clippers to, yeah, at this point, but, but, but it's, it's the same situation for both teams, right? right. You have oh, crowded okay. backwards where, in, in I guess my question, my question for the Clippers side of it is, I don't want to diminish Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet to me is a, is a slightly better version of Reggie Jackson, who's smaller. Mm-hmm. I, don't and I, I don't think that's unfair. Yeah, I, and, and I don't know if that, you know, is is that a trade then? It, it just feels like a trade that could be a trade for trade's sake. My rebuttal would be that when Reggie Jackson had his best season, him, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard on the floor together had a plus 24.3 net rating. They looked like the best team in the NBA. When, when, when Reggie Jackson... Yeah, it was two years ago. Whenever, whenever Kawhi tore his ACL that year, okay. that year so, when it was. So, Reggie what's your Jackson. point? Is that he's de- he's declined that much since then? That it, oh, that- I'm just saying. I would say that because you said he is like a Reggie Jackson type. I would say right. that Fred VanVleet plugs in perfectly, and if he's going to be playing at the level of Reggie Jackson from a couple of years ago, he's exactly what they need. Okay, so and it's, so it wouldn't my, be a trade for trade. So my point is, you don't you don't believe that Reggie Jackson can ever regain that kind of form. I don't know if it's he can never regain it. I think that you're looking for it, right? And if he regains it and he's coming off the bench and he's helping you, then it's great. But if you can okay. get a guy that you know you're getting for it right now, then I think that maximizes what this team could be. And by the way, yep. the odd man out is clearly John Wall. Like they're already they're, the deal, the conversations are they're looking for a way to offset, you know, send off John Wall somewhere. Uh, Poor or, guy. You know. He did. He did. He did have his. He did have his like glimpses this season where I was like, wow, is John Wall going to be a thing like again? Yeah. And, he had a couple of games, but no, it wasn't really great. But but I think either way, Van Vliet's a good piece. And when it comes to like teams like the Lakers, too, uh, you know, when you're talking about Dennis Schroeder, Patrick Beverly was the name I was forgetting. Uh, I think he still fits next to like a Patrick Beverly type. So you'd be bumping out Dennis Schroeder in that starting lineup rotation. And, you know, whatever happens, happens uh, with Schroeder and Russell Westbrook. And, you know, like you said, you're a little you're a little crowded. But remember, Austin Reeves isn't there anymore. He's been hurt. I shouldn't say anymore. Yeah. So you could probably still use some guard depth, but they just need another off-ball catch-and-shoot threat, right? That actually mm-hmm. fit pretty well, and Fred VanVleet could be that guy. No, totally. I, I mean, actually, is I mean, as far as again, as far as teams that I think it does move the needle the most for, it's Mavericks, then Lakers, and then and then oh. it, it's still and then and then Clippers to me. I mean, with the Lakers, the market will just freak out because it's the Lakers and they got a name. And right. Then, you know, it'll yeah. just it'll start to, you'll start to hear about the championship but, and all that stuff. So okay, so j- just to move this along because that's yes. the first of the Raptors that we're talking right. about, and, and I agree with you. I think he's probably gone now. OG and Anobi, there's a su- there's seemingly a bidding war over right now, right? So are we assuming he's gone too? This is fascinating. So for those who had missed this report. The Toronto Raptors were reportedly offered three first-round picks for OG Ananobi. Now, I think we can we can guess who that is because there's not many teams who own a lot of their picks. It was either Memphis or New York who offered those three first-round picks for OG Ananobi. The other team that I've also I've also seen linked to him was the Pelicans. Yeah, and they have a treasure trove of assets as well, right? Like that could be a team too because they yeah. have a bunch of assets. He would fit nicely. The Suns, I think, do have a lot of uh, um, capital too in terms of what they're talking about with their draft assets. So maybe that's something as well, but I got to tell you, man, for how we were just ripping on that team. So like, uh, like, you know, I'm kind of like me, me coming at you with the, are you making a trade just for trade sake with the Clippers? If you're the Suns, go ahead and do a trade just for trade sake. Cause you need to shake up this team somehow. 
You know yeah. what I mean? I don't even care if it's if it seems like a minimal improvement. It, OG Ananobi's a great player. I, I, I don't want to say he's going to be middle. He's going to only just minimally improve the Suns. But the Suns as a whole, if they, it means getting rid of a, a, a one or two decent pieces, fine. You need to do something to shake this team up. I uh, I got to tell you, I, I've had my questions about Memphis recently, of course, because they're on this little bit of a slump. And Steven Adams has been hurt, so you don't want to read too much into it. Yeah. But they have so much draft capital that if that's the team that acquire, if they can somehow convince Toronto to yeah. ship him off, OG Ananobi on Memphis would be a nightmare. It you could bump Dylan Brooks to the to the bench, right? He'd take over at small forward. He's a better shooter. Oh, I don't actually. I'll look that up. I don't know if that's a better catch and shoot. I'll, I'll make sure. I, I I'm pretty sure that's the case. Regardless, he can take the role of on ball defender there. You bring another defender like uh, Dylan Brooks off the bench there too. Their defense could be so good. Yeah. Right. Even with John Morant out there, if OG Ananobi is part of that crew, I don't know if I. I still don't know if I buy them fully in terms of winning the <laughs> NBA Finals, but man, would that be exciting! So like, it's, oh. one, it's it's one of those where it's like, all right, Judge, it's just me and you talking, right? It's just me and yeah. you. Um, yeah, I think that would be a really good fit, and like that team could be really sick. Have I been have I been downplaying the Grizzlies this entire year and last year? Yes, I totally have been. <laughs> have totally been talking about them as a team that I still don't believe in having a chance to win the Western Conference. But yeah, man, they go out and add a piece like this. Like OG Adobe's a big deal. I don't know if he's you know, for the I don't think we're getting many casual NBA fans listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this, you're probably a pretty big NBA fan. But the casual NBA fan out there, I don't even know if they know OG Adobe that well. It's true. Uh, by the way, I was I was right. I, I wanted to make sure I put facts behind it. I mean, this isn't catch and shoot three point shooting, but three point shooting overall, OG and an OB thirty seven percent this year. Dylan Brooks thirty two percent. So you get arguably yeah, Dylan better. Dylan Brooks only shooting thirty two percent this year. Three, Jeez. yeah. Well, and, and that's why, right? So you replace Dylan Brooks with OG Anadobi. He goes to the bench, and you get a better shooter, arguably a better defender. Now, the question is, does OG Anadobi stay healthy? Because he that's been his problem. He's again hurt already with a wrist issue, yeah. but. That would be sick. The Knicks, I mentioned them because they do have the capital, and they've been rumored. A couple of Knicks reporters have thrown it out there that they've been sniffing around OG Ananobi. I don't think that does much for me, right? This is a team that is shooting, I think, 34 33% from three this year. They shot 28%, or actually, no, I think they shot 20% against the Lakers the other night. Like, their problems are a little bit deeper than just adding an OG Ananobi type. Totally, it would be a nice absolutely. piece. Yes, totally. It would be a absolutely. really nice piece, but you I might don't be think able that's to give to a eight one team some problems in the playoffs, but this doesn't right. this doesn't change the future of your franchise. That might win you a four or five series, and then you know, depending right. on who the actually, it might not even because like the top of the East, it's pretty good. But regardless, <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're assuming the Knicks grab the five seed in that scenario. Right. Yeah, I don't think they're winning. Then that. what are they facing? Cleveland, Brooklyn? <laughs> like, who is it? That's pretty tough for them. Yeah, good good um, point. Okay, but, but regardless, okay, let's yeah. assume both those pieces go. What what do the Raptors then do with like? I mean, we've seen Pascal Siakam's names floated around too. Like, do yeah. we really think he's going? That I don't. know. It feels just feels dirty to me if like Pascal Siakam's not on the Raptors anymore. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. He'd have to retire. He wouldn't. Well, like he'd have to retire. Yeah, I would force him to retire. I don't really want to consider him on another team. It just feels too odd. So the others, like to your, uh, for your sake, you know, moving this along. The uh, other team, of course, that we mentioned, if they decide to blow it up, Chicago has been thrown out there. They just have to make a decision. Like, are are they going to decide to try to push this thing along, right? Um, which this I don't think they really the should. Most, and, by far and, the most fascinating one. Though. Yep. And the team, the name that has been, of course, I, I think everybody's up if they decide to do it. But the big name is Zach Levine. And, like, that's the game changer, right? If a Zach Levine yes. type can be thrown out there. Now, the Lakers keep getting thrown in some of these. I think this is just the Lakers because it's the name. I don't know where you get the assets that would go and get Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls unless the, the Bulls are willing to take a watered-down package. I don't think that the Lakers are that far off, but I don't think they have enough, especially when you— I, No, I'm in the—I don't think—you can just say, how the hell are the Lakers figuring out a deal to get Zach Levine? I don't, right. I don't understand how they're doing that. I, I don't know either, but the other names that have been thrown out there are the Knicks, the Heat, yeah. and the Mavericks. And I got to tell you, so of the two— uh, I think he makes a lot of sense for the Mavericks. Uh, that would really work next to yeah. Luka Doncic, another creator. Uh, um, not a souped-up version of Jalen Brunson, but a bigger and somewhat more creative version of Jalen Brunson, I guess we'll say. Um, mm -hmm. But health issues there. If we're talking about, like, needle movers. I think he fits better, like, in terms of what they need for the Knicks as opposed to OG Ananobi. I think that would be a really good move for New York. Me too. Me too. Um, yep. But top it, of the it, list. And adds, adds a little bit more scoring star power. The top of the list. If the Miami Heat get Zach Levine. Oh, God damn it. 
they become a pretty I'm supposed I, to say that, but whatever. I mean, yes, they become they, this is the guy, this is the piece that that this team has needed now for what I mean, what JVT ever since this new crop of heat players has assembled with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, this is the guy that has been missing. This is the scorer that has been missing that you can rely on night in and night out to give you 22 points a game or whatever the heck you need for you to actually be a serious title contender. This is the reason why this team was a fade for me this year and has been a fade for me this year is I don't care how well you play on defense. I know what your limitations are offensively. And you add a guy like Zach Levine that changes overnight. Nope. And, and I'm with you. The, the, this is a team that, I mean, we, you and I have Hawks tickets in that division. This is a, this is a Heat team that I predicted to, I, you know, would be a 7-8 seed this year in the East because I thought some other teams would, you know, would kind of exceed them in the Eastern Conference. You go out, out and add a piece like Zach Levine, the Miami Heat are instantly back in the Eastern Conference final discussion. Yep. Uh, that would be fascinating. And um, with the way that they're coached as well, like that adds to it, right? It's it not only the yes, perfect fit does. for a team that really desperately needs offense. Uh, it is a, a team that is um, one of the best coached teams out there. By the way, the others that we can <clears throat> go ahead. I just I, real quick on Chicago. I don't, I don't even know whether to feel bad for these guys or just hate on them. Like, you know, I love the Vucevic trade at the time. It's ended up being kind of a disaster, right? Like, yep. and then DeRozan comes in and has seemingly revitalized his career in Chicago. Yet there's like not enough good pieces around to help really ma- make that matter. And then, and then what I've read these reports of Levine and DeRozan having to have like in-person meetings with each other multiple times. Oh, I missed like, that really. Oh yeah, like how they're how they fit together on the floor and stuff. And it's like this just. This has disaster written all over it. And like, I don't know what's the heck, what the hell has been going on there. Going back to uh, the Lakers thing, maybe it is watered down price. Cause I, I mean, given the way that he has played at Chicago, I mean, DeRozan's the guy. I think DeRozan's telling him like, sorry, bud, like it's my turn. And it's right. always my turn. <laughs> totally. Totally. <clears throat> totally. Um, the last one on this, before we take a break from a trade deadline standpoint, um, the other team that I think is going to, I guess, theoretically push the button, if you will, um, that would be Utah and whether or not they want to ship off some of their guys uh, that they have been rumored to potentially yeah. ship off, if that's going to be the case. Now, who that is, oh, it's it's a pretty long list of, I would say, some pretty talented guys, right? Sure. Mike Conley could make a difference for some teams. Malik Beasley could totally make a difference for some teams. Uh, Jordan Clarkson as a, a scoring guard would be a, a massive boost as well. Um, I think that's a lot in terms so of he, so he's what those the guys one. are available. So he's the one, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson seems to be the guy that, in my opinion, could make possibly the biggest impact on another team just as a role player, a very specific role, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just smoke, like th- these teams are throwing, but like I've read a couple things in the past like few days of Jordan when it comes to Jordan Clarkson and Boyan Bogdanovich about how much the teams, Utah and Detroit are loving how those guys have been interacting with the younger players and how much they look up to them as leaders on the team. And there's like hesitancy to trade these guys because of that. And like, just to me, it would be complete. Like if I, you're, if you're Utah, you, you got rid of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. What are you doing? Like just mm-hmm. finish this off. You have found a resurgent Lowry marketing and Walker Kessler has been a revelation. You have a, a young core to start building this thing around. I know Lowry Markin isn't that, that young anymore, but still you have this younger core to build this thing around. Get rid of Connolly. get rid of, get, uh, get rid of Clarkson, get something back for these guys. And I'm sure Connolly's going to go, but it's these other guys that I'm kind of questioning now. That, like, well, you can get first round I, picks for them too. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I think all three of those guys that you met, you named should be traded. I don't know if they're going to though. Yep. Yeah. And the, uh, and like guys like Malik Beasley too, um, He's a he's a three and D guy, uh, good shooter. He's been shooting really well at home, and he's he would be attractive because he's team friendly. In that um, he's got fifteen point five left this year, or this that's his deal this year, and a team option for next year. Yeah. So like pe- teams would want him at a cheap price, and if they if it doesn't really work out, you can get out from under, which they won't. It's a it's a pretty good piece to have. So if Utah does it too, but <clears throat> if you can't tell for those who are listening, these are the names we're discussing because those are the names that are out there. I mean, it's still like we spent 20 minutes talking about some guys 
we could spend this whole podcast and maybe they're just not even traded. And the biggest exactly. name that has shipped off is going to be a Malik Beasley type. So this is a trade deadline that could go, you know, super quiet and off into the night or go out the boom. But it'll be interesting to see because I think there's like one or two pieces that maybe move the needle. But for the most part, I think we're going to be standing pretty pat here as you move forward. Yeah, it's just it's it's gonna it's gonna be a head scratcher if you see like to me if you see the like the Raptors move, you know they move OG Ananobi but then nobody else right like you're gonna right. be like what are you doing like what are, what are you doing if you're gonna if you're gonna and I think there's three teams maybe not the Bulls I'd understand if they hold on to a couple pieces right but if you're the Jazz or Raptors if you're gonna if you're gonna start tearing the Band-Aid, just rip it off rip it off and get unload all these pieces. All right, we'll take our – oh, by the way, before we take a break, just worth mentioning, John Collins is also out there. But the teams that are mentioned, John Collins is like Houston and like some <laughs> other bottom dweller that like is kind of lame that wouldn't really do anything for you. So like so. Lo- lowest usage rate of his career this season. I-, I think I said on a numbers game this morning, like the semi-pro line. It's like just, just trade him for a washing machine at this point. Yeah. Like you trade him for something you're actually going to use. It's not that he's a bad player, but Atlanta clearly hates the idea of involving him at all in what they're trying to do there. It's so weird. He's a good player. It really <laughs> is weird. It really it's, is. Weird. All right, we'll take our break. When we come back, we got some future to discuss. We got a fun one when it comes to uh, odds to finish the regular season with the most wins. Which team can do that? And uh, a name in the MVP race that I threw out there for some feedback, and I liked the feedback that I got on social media. And uh, we'll oh. discuss. Yeah, I, I think it's a good conversation to be had because I, I, his his odds, we'll say, have been drifting, and I couldn't really figure out why. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. All right, back here on Harvard Handicappers alongside with Kelly Bidlin. So let's start with the fun one first. Odds to finish the regular season with the most wins is posted up this market uh, via DraftKings. Now, uh, the the image you sent me over, I don't know if you've uh, noticed. That, that, but, that uh, is from yesterday, yes. Yeah, so that, that has shifted. been a, it's yeah. shifted a little bit here. The uh, favorite, the odds-on favorite, the proper way to use that, by the way, the odds-on favorite uh, to finish with the best record in the NBA would be the Boston Celtics. Uh, they right now are at minus 240 to win. Again, most regular season wins. Second place, Denver Nuggets at 3-1. to one. Bucks are at 850, and then you get off to the long shots. Philadelphia 76ers, uh, 76ers at 17-1. to one. And if you want to, mathematically, go with the Atlanta Hawks or the Chicago Bulls, for example. You can get, uh, I think, is that 1,000-1? You should be getting more, <laughs> yeah, you should be getting of- more than 1,000-1 on that. 
You can get a thousand to one on the Kings, who are seven games behind behind the Celtics. Yeah, I I spotted this at DraftKings last night, and I'm like, you know, you know when you have to do it, it's like almost doing a double take where you're like, wait a second, how many games are there left? It's like, okay, there's like, wait, you know, thirty games left or whatever it is in the season. This is we're talking about the Nuggets are are one and a half games behind the Celtics, or they are two wins behind the Boston Celtics, and they're three to one. The Bucks are three wins behind the Celtics, and they're eight plus eight fifty. Same with the Sixers. Sixers are three wins behind them, and they're seventeen to one. Right. So I like I. Th- this is one of those like I know we do a lot of shows at Visa, and we do a lot. We have a lot of time to fill sometimes. This is one of those bets, JVT. If it was out here, I would be bet. I would be scooping up a couple tickets on these longer shots. Well, and I. I mean, I love the Celtics. I think they're I think they're as good as it gets in the East, and they'll probably be in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I mean, geez, I can get eight to one the Bucks. I'm a big Bucks guy. You're a big Sixers guy. Why the heck would we not be scooping up tickets on this? Uh, I would agree. And uh, when you're when you're looking at a team, even like Philly, the interesting part about Philly is uh, they still have three games left of Boston, right? Like right. that's so. This is yet to really be decided. They're three games back with three games left against the Celtics over their final what thirty ish. And Milwaukee's got two with them. Now, if yep. you want to just go pure strength of schedule remaining, yes, Milwaukee has the sixth, uh, sixth toughest schedule remaining. Uh, where is Philly in here? Philly with the second toughest schedule remaining. Boston with the 18th. But then, okay, the, let's go back to the Western Conference. Denver is down there with the 22nd toughest. So they're they're in the bottom third yep. in a conference that's not as tough, I think we would both agree on. And you can get three to one on them. Like that, I would be, it would be Den. If I had this betting market available to me right now, it, it would be at Denver in your Eastern Conference uh, uh, other team of your choice. Yep. Yeah, I think um, as somebody who believes in them, that's seventy uh, sixers at seventeen to one would be a very tempting proposition. That is a that's an extreme number. I don't want to say ridiculous, but that's an extreme number considering they are three wins back with thirty games left. I'm always, I'm always terrible at this. I, I love people who convert implied probability off the top of their head. That's like 70, 70%. So what these odds are telling you is the Celtics have a 70% chance to finish with the best record in the NBA, despite there being 30 games That's left and, and them only having a, like you said, what was it? A one, two game lead over the Denver so Nuggets. One and a half, one and a half game lead over the Nuggets. There are yeah. two, there are two wins behind the Celtics. That's wild. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. good. Yep. That's insane. And and two, by the way, so because you know there's always going to be somebody who you know if it comes to fruition that the Celtics finish it like she was right like yeah that doesn't mean the probabilities were right like, exactly it doesn't mean and and so what I sent you so what was that that was two oh five last yep, night before they beat the Nets and you're telling me you moved from two oh five to two forty after one win so they went they went up three so sixty seven percent to seventy percent after beating up on the Celtics last night. <laughs> Uh, on the Nets, yeah. Yeah, or in the Nets, excuse me, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, the odds didn't make sense to me yesterday. They make even less sense to me today. Yep. By the way, can I mention, so we're bringing that game up really quickly. Can I mention one of my favorite in-game angles, because we are a betting podcast yeah. that I acted on yesterday, and do it in football, do it in all these sports. Not Well, I shouldn't say all these sports, because I don't watch and or bet in-game hockey. Um, <laughs> and baseball, I think, is a little bit more finicky, because you have things like changing pitchers. But right. especially in football and basketball, when the in-game markets don't account for the margin of the contest, right? So, for example, yesterday, Kelly, the Celtics were just pasting the Brooklyn Nets. Like, the it's algorithm. Like, what, it's like a 30-point lead in the first quarter or whatever, right? right. I, I, w- I was recording another podcast at the time. Uh, good for you. Uh, you're a star. <laughs> and, um, but, like, so my whole point is, like, so the I don't think the algorithms really account for the margin that is in that <laughs> game. It just accounts for the pace of scoring. So they see the right. scoring continuing to rise, not realizing Team B is down by 40 points. Why are the Celtics going to play anybody in the fourth quarter? Why are the Nets going to care in the fourth quarter? And so, like, that total got as high as, like, 242 and a half, under, yeah. under, under. And then, sure enough, it gets pulled off the board, like, halfway through the fourth when they're just like, oh, nobody's playing and nobody cares. And it will it goes way under the total. Now, it's a great bet. I was, I was, I was waiting to see where you were going to go there. And I, I do think these um, – Hey, the under's the spot to look there. The one, the one I'd bring up. I was wondering if you were going to say this. With, with when you get a, such a, a a big lead that early, it's one of the few times I actually think there's some value in laying whatever points they're offering with the favorite live because we don't really see those live numbers truly adjust until into the second quarter, kind of from what the pregame numbers are. So I don't know what the live live spread was at the time, yeah. but with them up thirty points at the end of the third quarter. 
Like if you could have like laying 15 or something like that, I think is a good is a good play in that spot. Uh, by the way, so we had two blowouts on primetime yesterday. It was the, the Nets and the Celtics and then the Hawks and the uh, the Suns. So this just sparked my memory. This is a great tweet. Brad Rowland, who covers uh, the Atlanta Hawks for um, uh, Locked on Hawks and Dime Up Rocks. How about this? The Hawks went into Phoenix yesterday, Kelly. Their point differential for the season, uh, a minus 32. They left this today. with a point differential of zero. <laughs> I heard this today. It's a, I, I got to give credit to Jeff Parles for that one. I heard that from him today. I'm like, wow, that is like they are the definition of like a 500 team. Literally. Such, like, like such a great tweet. Yeah, such a great thing. I incredible. hope Jeff gave Brad some credit. Huh? Did he give yeah. him credit? No, of course not. No, no, ah, no. Je- Jeff just ran with it. Now I'm, Jeff, I'm giving you think Jeff, Jeff credit. Jeff was crunching the numbers? You think Jeff was crunching <laughs> the numbers on his own? He's like, oh, that's – I wonder what their point differential was coming <laughs> in. <laughs> uh, that all is, right. That is incredible. That, like, that is – you know what's even funnier? I'm just looking right now. Do you realize there are – holy hell. There are three teams in the NBA that have that exact same thing. Is that right? What's that? Like a point differential of zero? Yeah. Yeah, war, what, Warriors, Hawks, and Wizards. Yeah. Well, and that is crazy. And the Bulls are like right there too. That is wild. Same with the Timberwolves, actually. There's like a whole bunch of these teams. Clippers as well. Yeah, maybe this isn't as weird as me and you both think it, think it is. Yeah. Look, look, if you're looking at the same thing I am. Like, look how many teams are within a point one way or the other. Yep, 0.1 for a lot of these teams were 0-0. Uh, all right, so it's a natural jumping off point. We, we talk about the Celtics. I just wanted to bring this up really quickly. So when everybody asks me about MVP, and I've been on with you, we'd mentioned this really quickly, yep. which is, right, Jason Tatum. Because okay, everybody's like, hey, you know, what, what are you doing with MVP? And I just keep going back to, if you're making a bet, I would think that it's Tatum. His odds continue to drift. He's averaging over 30 and, or 30 and 8 with a few assists in there. Again, last night, he was a big re- driving force behind the Celtics, just pasting the Brooklyn Nets. Um yeah, but let, I, let, sorry, me, let me be Mr. Obvious here for you. AJVT, are the Celtics way worse than where they were three months ago? No, they are not. Or is Jason Tatum been playing way worse basketball than he was three months ago? No, no, they haven't. No, he hasn't. It, so why have his odds drifted so much? Yeah, I, I hear you, man. It's that, right? It was a six weeks ago in this market or a month ago in this market. The only guy you could have bet then was Joel Embiid when yep. he was 11 to 1, 10 to 1. That's gone. I agree with you now. Jason Tatum is the only bet really to make in this market. So I think my flaw in the way I'm thinking about this is in terms of probabilities, right? So, like, so for example, when I see Jason Tatum at 10 to 1 and a guy like Luka Doncic, who, yes, is having an incredible season, but his team is not having the same success. And I think, and this is starting to turn now on Luka, you're starting to see people make the argument that they're not they're not having success because he is so ball dominant, right? Yeah. Like yep. his stats are incredible. It's it's great, but it's also like like you can let other people create at some point too, man. Like then you maybe won't be in these, you know, tooth and nail contests every single night. Um, but regardless, so wanted to bring that up because when you're looking at this from that perspective, I would say the probability of Jason Tatum winning this thing is higher than the market is giving him credit for. But it's an award voted on humans, and maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. Like I shouldn't be looking at it as probabilities. Yeah. I should just be looking at it as. These are humans voting on this. They're probably not going to give it to them. And you have people responding to me, too, because I threw it out there. And, like, it's true. Like, Matt Meiselman, who was on the podcast last week, brought up, like, you know, we've kind of gone away potentially from, like, top team, like, best player on best team, which I think is somewhat fair. We've seen Jokic win it. We've seen uh, Westbrook win it when they're not, like, top two seeds in their respective conferences. Sure. Um, it's Jay it, Croucher. It doesn't huh? hurt. I mean, it no, of course it hurt. No, of course not. You know not. what I mean? Like, it's, it only helps his case. Right, and, and, and look, I, I think you, I think you have the perfect guy to compare that to this year in Luka Doncic, right? That you just brought up. It's well, if this guy's so good, right? Why is his team so mediocre, right? And obviously, everybody knows Boston Celtics have, have bigger, better pieces on it. But it's, I, I, I'm sorry, the team doing well because of this player's good play has something to do with it. And look, is. It, do I do I think Jokic deserves to be minus one twenty or around even money? Yeah, probably because because he's having that good of a season again, and Denver is the best team in the Western Conference. That part does matter to it though. Yeah. So I, I think that is the bet to make, but I thought it was worth just bringing it up real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, do do I think you know? Fast forward to the end of the season, do I think this is a battle again between Jokic and Embiid? Yes, I do. But it, it is is the, to me the only bet you can make right now is Jason Tatum. All right, man, before we get out of here, anything else uh, either for Big Picture or tomorrow, Friday's uh, 
a pretty loaded card. Not the sexiest of matchups, but we do get Phoenix revenge spot on the road against Boston. They say revenge spot because Boston went to Phoenix and absolutely wiped the floor with them. Um, you get interesting Toronto at Houston. I'm going to mention this really quickly in the podcast because I, I wrote about this yesterday and it came to fruition. So Jalen Green and Kevin Porter didn't play for Houston yesterday, right? Yeah. And one God. of the interesting notes, uh, one of the interesting I laid the notes with the Thunder. Okay, so this is inter- this is cool. That's why I want to bring this up. Not it's cool that you lost a bet. So I wrote about this yesterday, and I uh, and it came to fruition. Uh, Alperin Sengun on the floor yeah. without Kevin Porter and Jalen Green going into last night, a plus eleven point one net rating, and they looked every bit of that plus eleven point one. Just for our listeners, a name is a name. Just make sure, right, that you're actually tying in value and what they actually mean because you could very much make the argument the Rockets are worse with Kevin Porter and Jalen Green out there. And you saw it's a small sample size. Absolutely. But you saw a little bit of it yesterday. Absolutely. I was on the, I was on the bad side of that. Uh, I mean, look, I think, I think, I think you got to be a little worried. If, if you're betting NBA regularly like you and I are, if you're lay, laying points on the road – with a team that is, you would not consider a top flight team in the NBA. And as, as, as great as the Thunder have been playing recently, I, we're, I don't think anybody's running at that point. Yeah, I was a little hesitant of it, but man, yeah. they've been playing so well. And you're right, man. I watched I watched basically that entire game. The Thunder just got outclassed and outplayed. Yep. That, it was, there was, there was, there was, it looked like a tougher team on the Houston side. Way they better defensively. Out, way better defensively. They were out running on the Thunder that, that, that seemed to surprise Oklahoma City. I I I agree with you, man. They might have been without their t- their two top scorers, but uh, yeah, they looked like a better team than what I've watched them this season. All right, all right, man. Well, that's all I got. You got anything? Nope, nothing yet for tomorrow. All right. Well, with that, make sure you check out everything we have to offer up on Veasan.com. That uh, that nine ninety nine thing still going on, right? Yeah, check that out. Introductory offer so. Veasan.com. Yeah. And uh, if not, tell them Kelly sent you. They'll give it to you. That's uh, that's 100% certainty right there. Uh, (laughs) Like, rate, review, and we will talk to you in a couple of days here on Hardwood Handicappers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.